0: Welcome to Beyond the Hill, reaching beyond the walls of Pleasant Hill Christian Church with real talk, with real people, about real life, encouraging
1: you in your day-to-day walk with Jesus. And now your host, Pastor Trevor Keene.
0: Hello to our Beyond the Hill family, and uh, so neat to be able to get to you this month, the month of October. And uh, Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Hill. As always, I ask that if this podcast encourages you, touches you in some way, teaches you, uh, comforts you, or even confronts you in any way, I ask that you subscribe to it, share with your friends and family, so that the good news can be continued on. Also, if you are one that is looking to grow in your faith, I'll put a plug in here in the beginning, because once you hear my guest tonight, you will forget everything I said, but we also have a Sermons at Pleasant Hill Christian Church podcast channel in which you can hear our sermons that are recorded each and every week. So if you're looking to grow in your faith or if you're looking for a weekly uh, message to, to grow you, uh, I ask you to subscribe to that. And if you appreciate the content of that podcast as well as this one, I ask that you subscribe and you share. So the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I have a special guest with me tonight. Well, two really. That one has a mic and one does not, but the sound magician that I refer to often as Bruce, he is uh, starting a new career, a new path, and he is unable to meet with us tonight due to that, but he has been replaced by his incredible wife. Who's very tech savvy very knowledgeable and knows what to do when to correct me when to fix me and what answers to give so she is replacing him Bruce has not been fired or kicked out of the channel he is just simply doing something else t- uh, at this time so she didn't want a microphone she didn't want to talk to you all I'm not sure why but she uh, she is on the the tech tonight and that is Vicki Bruce's incredible wife And I have a special guest with me tonight, is Pastor Rob Hampton, who I refer to still as my pastor. And Pastor Rob, can you say hi and greet everybody on Beyond the Hill?
1: Hello everyone Beyond the Hill, honored and a great pleasure to be here tonight.
0: So let me just give everyone a little bit about who Pastor Rob is to me. Some of you may know Pastor Rob, some of you uh, may have never heard of his name. But let me just kind of share with you, about 10 years ago, Pastor Rob and his wife Deanna and their two kids, Tayton and Trista, um, came to Frank Clay Assembly of God. And do you remember those days?
1: I do remember those days, like it was yesterday, really.
0: So you guys were traveling from uh, Farmington to Frank Clay every Sunday morning, night, and Wednesday night. That's right. And you ha- at the time you had two young kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to make you feel old, but they're no longer (laughs) young. They're not Uh, young anymore, man. One's in college. One is in high school. Yeah. So one is a freshman in college. That's correct. Tayton, your your son is a freshman in college, and Trista is a sophomore. That's correct. Sophomore in high school. Yeah. And Deanna is still teaching. She's teaching in second grade.
1: Well, she was teaching second grade. Now she is a reading interventionist. That's a big word for me. So, yeah, <laughs> um, it's just someone who helps with reading. That's what I always say. So uh, yeah, so she took that on a couple years ago and really loves it. So, uh, so
0: Deanna going. was my second grade teacher. Uh, <laughs> for our listeners uh, in the church that I pastor now, I have my third grade teacher uh, tonight with me. I have the husband of my second grade teacher, and I also have one of my high school teachers and one of my former coaches that all attend and. Um, some of those knew the good side and some of those knew the other side so to God be all the glory and where sin abounds, grace abounds evermore but (laughs) moving on from there Pastor Rob and his family came to Frank Clay Assembly of God roughly 10 years ago in that time frame I was a young 18 year old, 17 to 18 year old young, immature irresponsible kid that truly admired Pastor Rob and his family And Tonight, it's really going to be about him speaking and me kind of facilitating it, but I do want to share kind of who he is and what he is to me. So Ten years ago, they come, and and I start to learn, I start to grow, I start to connect, and I really started to aspire to be the the man that Pastor Rob was. So, over the last ten years, he has seen a young, immature, 17, 18-year-old kid date one of his wife's friends daughters and we were all connected somehow and then you married us yes seven years ago i
1: know can you believe it's been seven years man
0: so seven and a half years ago we came to your office newly engaged young kids and i can still remember meeting with you and deanna in your office and you said the key to a healthy marriage is communication that's right that's right seven and a half years ago i remember that and, and here we are
1: communicating. Yeah, uh, communicating
0: now. <laughs> and is it ever so true to see that over the last seven years of marriage, that poor communication leads to a poor relationship, That's and right. and when communication is healthy, it's been healthy. So there you were, uh, mentoring us and counseling us for those few months. We did a few over uh, Skype, if you remember. I was in yes. North Carolina at the time. Uh-huh. Serving our country. Yeah, trying to. (laughs) And we did some premarital counseling over that. And then we had the service um, at the First Baptist Church here in Potosi. And I remember the day you stood next to me outside waiting to go into the sanctuary, trying to keep me calm and encouraged. And uh, Pastor Rob has just been the guy that, for the last 10 years, he has been my pastor, my mentor. He has had to answer random questions in the middle of the day, in the afternoons. And it kind of makes me laugh, I'm going to be honest. It makes me laugh how many times I've called you, but that's just where I put you. You know, you were the guy that, that I sought in order to, to seek that spiritual counseling and that wisdom in which you've given me. Mm. So let's go back about five and a half years. I was standing in a hallway in Jacksonville, North Carolina, getting ready to leave North Carolina to move to Missouri. Do you remember the phone call we had? Maybe I'll refresh your memory. I called you and I said, Hey, Pastor Rob, I think I know what I'm gonna do the rest of my life.
1: I remember that conversation. What do
0: you remember of that conversation? I remember and you can be honest with everyone here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember you said you you talked to me about ministry and you talked to me about being called into ministry, but we had talked before about you attending church out there and you we had talked we had had several conversations <laughs> about, you know, just different things about the Bible and uh, just some questions you had, which everyone always has. And and so uh, we had had several conversations, but I do remember that conversation because uh, I can remember telling Deanna, I said, uh, uh, Trevor's been called into the ministry. And, and she is like, oh, she is excited. And mm-hmm. we were praising the Lord. And, and then we were praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I told you, I said, uh, just make sure it's a calling, mm-hmm. you know, And and usually anyone who really, is called into ministry, or called into a pastoral ministry. Um, it's usually it, it's not a it's not always the most glamorous job out there. It's not or uh, I hate to refer to it as a job, but uh, it's not something that someone is always seeking or thinking they're going to go to school for. But because it is a calling. But yeah, I remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was I was praising the Lord and believing that God was going to do wonderful things through your ministry and uh, just I can remember I guess the most uh, the the neatest thing the coolest thing that I remember is hearing how excited you were Mm -hmm. on the other end because you had talked about other I don't know if you remember this but you talked about being a drill sergeant do you remember that yeah yeah and so I I Deanna and I both said I can't see Trevor as a drill sergeant. <laughs> Do you not say?
0: you think I'm not tough enough? Is that what it is?
1: <laughs> I don't know if you have the mouth for that. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. But, uh, I was just. I don't know about that. But we were praying for you and just praying that. And we had told you. You know, other people had told you. God will lead you and direct you. Just be patient and wait. Mm-hmm. And you were. And uh, so uh, I can remember asking you. So what is this? What is this unfolding for you? You know. Uh, where are you headed? And I know you said, "Well, I'm coming back. Uh, I'm getting married. I'm coming back, and hmm. uh, and then we'll go from there." So that was that's a great plan. It was a great plan.
0: You know, and I remember <clears throat> Michaela and I were getting ready to head home. We were um, we were a few months yet from coming home completely. Yeah. And I remember over a, a few months period, or even a couple of years, you you were always praying with me and praying for me, but you were always praying for clarity. Clarity never came for years. You know, like that was your prayer. God, give him clarity. Mm -hmm. Give him clarity. I didn't get clarity for a while. And and you could probably testify to that. You know, you're seeking clarity. You're seeking a, a, hey, this is the plan kind of call or direction from God. Just as many listeners would be right now, whether they're at home or at work or on the treadmill cooking there. We're always seeking, okay, God, tell me exactly what you want me to do. And kind of what I got from... From seeing you and by being that mentee, if you can call me that, and you as a mentor. And just what I've seen over the last, uh, I guess it's been five years now, since starting Bible college and now pastoring a church for almost three years, it's that just as Abraham didn't know where he was going until he started walking. you know. And I believe, and I've preached it, that God's revelation is often shown to us down the path of obedience. That's right. So, it was years of praying, I need clarity, God, where are we going? Where are we going? I don't know, God, like, here we are months into it or even three years now in the ministry and still saying, okay, God, I still need clarity, I still need it. And uh, I can just remember calling you at random times in the afternoon or the early evening and you just calling and praying with me and talking. So, you've also been the guy that I called when I said, hey, I'm going into ministry. You were also the guy I called, if you remember, I was working in Bonterra one day, if you Three little over three years ago, and I said, hey, we're having a meeting. I'm having a meeting with the church board of Pleasant Hill Christian Church in the next week or so. And I asked, what should I ask? What answers do I have to have You know, going into this? Because it was kind of the process was coming to an end of, okay, they're going to vote on me to, to right. step into this position. Oh, boy. And you were the man that I (laughs) called, if you remember that. I do remember that. And that was a horrible day because I kept having to hang up because people kept coming in with these random concerns, and I was like, oh, I need just 10 minutes, you know. Um, And and I remember going through that. So you've always been that to me, and I honor you, and I appreciate you. So I want to just kind of get to you now. And can you just kind of explain to us the roadmap of your ministry? Where it all began. What what have you done? How long have you been doing it? Where are you now?
1: Mm, well, I don't know really where I'm at now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still looking for, yeah, just like you said, uh guidance and we're always looking for God to direct us. Um I've never I've never experienced an audible voice from from the Lord. I would really think that would that would be a cool story. Mm-hmm. So, but I've never experienced <laughs> that. I've I've experienced the uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit and, and Him leading and guiding in certain ways. But, um, but man, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, seeking the direction of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Lord and the way that He wants you to go is always down the road of obedience. And which could also be a question, well, if I'm trying to obey the Lord, I don't know where to go. What do hmm. I do? Well, I mean, we always have the Bible as our guide mm-hmm. and we look at the things that Jesus done and we try to apply that to our lives the best that we can and know how. And we go down the roads. Will we fail? Of course, I've had my fair share of failures in my life, but uh, God will always bring us back and, and guide us and lead us. And so um, I think it's, that's a great way to put it, being obedient, going down that road.
0: Now, you before you get into preaching I remember you were serving in a, in a couple of churches or one church prior to that. What what were you doing before then? So uh, I guess I would have to say
1: uh, my ministry or ministering started probably close to forty years ago when I was seven years old and I gave Jesus my life. That's uh, initially that's when service start or that's when ministry starts. You know, mm-hmm. um, we uh, I think Paul Peter. Jesus clarified it in the gospel, services, dying to ourselves and following, taking up the cross and following him. And that's that includes everybody, not just yeah. pastors. That includes anyone that's going to come after the Lord and follow after him. So ministry starts at conversion, I believe. And anyone, that's the great thing about being a Christian being in the family of Christ is anyone can minister. Mm-hmm. All you, all you got to do is tell people about what God's done for you and how great he is. And our stories is the biggest, the biggest. Uh, uh, I guess I would say the biggest, um, greatest story that we have or the greatest story about Jesus and the love of Jesus that we have. So um, I would guess I would have to say, you know, ministry started then for me, but I did serve in other areas. I served Um, I served in vacuuming the church. I served in, I remember one time the pastor asked me, would you lock up for me? And I thought, well, I ain't doing anything (laughs) very cool. Locking up the church so you can leave. Who am I? Your slave? Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm a slave to Christ. And Mm -hmm. so, but now I realize how big of a ministry, just locking up the church for, you know, having somebody just lock up the church for me, so I don't have to do that, and that's one less thing I have to think about. And when people do those little things, it's huge ministry. So I remember doing that. I served as a deacon. Um, some of the some of the greatest learning moments in ministry I had was being a deacon of a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times it was learning what not to do, yeah. what not to say. You
0: watch someone else make those yes, mistakes. That's exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're, you're in a great position as a deacon you know, to watch the mistakes be made. And there's going to be plenty. Uh, there's going to be plenty of mistakes made. Uh, but you get to watch that and you make note of You know, I just remember not to do that when, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm ever in a position, but I had, when I was a deacon, I always said, I'm never going to be a pastor. I'll, I'll never, I think when uh, they asked me to be a deacon and I said, no, the first time, no, I, I can't do that. And then they asked me this again a year later. And I said, I'll do it in one condition. I don't have to teach and I don't have to stand (laughs) on the pulpit. As long as I don't have to stand up there and do that, I'll be okay with it. And Lo and behold, here I am. And God Sudden. was
0: laughing the entire time.
1: <laughs> he was laughing all the way. Yeah. yeah.
0: So so I'm glad you mentioned, you know, a couple of those roles that you played because one of the questions I, I mentioned to you, and it kind of goes into that, was what is a way you can encourage people to view themselves as individual ministers? Because regardless of the duty, we are all individual ministers. So... I know it it's viewed this way by some and I, I hope that we can get that out of our mindset of the plateau of ministry or the climax of ministry is standing behind a pulpit. You know, and, and so many people view serving communion or preparing communion or leading children's church or just being the children's church assistant. See in our, our church we have uh, worship service in the sanctuary and then we have our children's church worship service in the multi-purpose building mm-hmm. after they do the service worship part of the service they break up into groups by age <clears throat> excuse me and we have two teachers oftentimes in each class one is the leader one is the assistant so how can you encourage someone to know that even if you're serving as an assistant to a teacher in children's church how how can they re- be reminded or encouraged to view that because what I've seen through you is, and what's evident is that you had the same commitment level in every capacity, whether you were vacuuming or locking it up. It was the same, you know, standard of excellence. It was the same attention to detail. It was the same commitment uh, that you had then as you do now. Yeah. How can you encourage people to view, to not view their role because it's not behind a pulpit or with the microphone as less important uh, and how can you encourage them to view it as it's just as valuable?
1: Well, I think a very good example is one that you started with just a few moments ago. Vicky is here with us. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is ministry, but what she's doing is ministry. Uh, without her, you, I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't do any of this. <laughs> this no. kind of stuff. So <laughs> without her, we're nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't even do anything. So without an assistant...
0: I think, and to her, this is easy. Like yeah. this is what she does for a living. Yeah, this is, yeah, what this is easy to her. Yeah. To
1: me, we would, I would have had you meet me here at like eight <laughs> or nine. Yeah, and then we would, because I'd been setting up for three or four a hours. Tutorial on figure. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so every role is important, and I think that's, um, I think one of the encouraging things is to remember what Jesus talked about in some of his parables, where he talked about uh, the parable where uh, the the workers come and they got paid the same amount. I'll just paraphrase it. You know, mm-hmm. they got paid the same amount of money at the end of the day. And, you know, several of the workers was like, what's going on? I worked all day. And Jesus said, no, the playing feels the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he said, I mean, another example is the thief on the cross when they died on the cross. Uh, the guy that got saved on the cross, he didn't live for Jesus's whole life, <laughs> but there at the end. And I don't recommend waiting to the end. But yeah. There in the end, in his last breaths, uh, he Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're striving for, is to be with Jesus and be in paradise. So I think, again, I just go back to the Bible. Paul talked about a servant and being a slave to the Lord. You know, again, Vicky's not really working for you or me. Mm-hmm. She's working for the Lord. She's <clears throat> doing this for all the glory of the Lord. Everything that we do is for his glory. And so, um, yeah, and sometimes we don't see that. You know, we, we want to see, uh, we want to be in that important role as we what we sometimes like to call it. But in the church, in the body of Christ, every single role is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And everybody has a gift, whether it's cleaning toilets, hmm. you know, whether it's teaching, everyone has a role. And I think it's important that people find their role and find their gift that God's in, in, drawing them to do, and they do it and they do it to the best of their ability, and they do it all for the glory of God. Uh, so it's just I think it's um, two. I think it's perspective. You know, a lot of times it's perspective on our our part as people because we sometimes people want to be at the in the spotlight. Other times mm-hmm. people don't want to be, and so but. The assistant, sometimes the assistant is more important yeah. than the, the actual leader
0: doing and, the things. And tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but the more that you live in the spotlight, you know, because I was a pastor and leading a church, the more you're like, I want out of the spotlight, you know, yeah. take me out of the spotlight. Um, and for you and, and for me, I know it's so true. And anyone that's truly committed in ministry, especially full time, if it wasn't for my wife, amen, you know I would not be where I am today. She is my rock just as Deanna is your rock. Yeah. So when it's that commitment of every Sunday preaching or writing sermons or going to the hospital or visiting someone in their ho- in their home, it, it's so critical to have that rock and right. you know if people are are serving in one capacity, have your rock, whether it be your spouse or your parents, if you're if you're not married, maybe you have a fiance or a boyfriend girlfriend brother, or sister. So important. And one, I remember preaching a sermon. Vicki, you may remember this, but this was early on so they probably put you to sleep back then <laughs> more. But I remember preaching a sermon about Joseph and Mary on their way to give birth to Jesus. What did Joseph do the entire way? He just walked. Beside just walked. Yeah. It was not about him, but he walked the entire way. He was right beside Mary. And I used it as an illustration for people to get into that mindset of, you know what, I may not be the one riding on the donkey. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I may not have my, my name on the billboard. I may not have my name on the bulletin. I may not have the microphone, but I'm going to continue walking. I'm yeah. going to continue, because there's a greater purpose here. There is a Messiah to be born, even though I'm not giving birth, even though I'm not riding on the donkey. It's about someone greater, and, right. and that was Jesus to come. So that's one thing that I always try to encourage people, whether you're an assistant or whether you're preaching, have the same standard of excellence in all that we do, the same attention to detail, same focus. Because as you you probably know as as well as I do, I I know this, I live it, our church survives off of volunteers. That's correct. I have one technically paid staff. If we want to call myself paid staff, you know, I get paid. And if it wasn't for the people preparing communion before service, then someone would drop the ball if it was all up to me. If we didn't have people running the sound or running the tech or operating the Facebook page, operating the website, operating everything else, children's church, the ministry there, and teachers in every classroom, two of them, and, and eight volunteers to 12 volunteers within the youth. and If it was all the one that was had his name on the bulletin, boy, we would really drop the ball as a church. And, you know, we have to have this, uh, in order to be an effective church, surviving off volunteers because we don't have a full staff doing these jobs, it takes a great amount of effort. And knowing that, I've got to serve in children's church today, so I'm going to sacrifice my time in the sanctuary, worshiping with the church body and being fed by by a, a sermon. But what we're understanding at the same time is, it's my duty, my responsibility, my calling to help influence the next generation. That's right. So I, I hope people can view it the same way. So <clears throat> I know yeah, that... I guess
1: I would just say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, any any leader, anytime you see a leader, um, there's always someone, if not hundreds, depending on how high up the leader is, there's always somebody behind the scenes that has made that possible. For yeah. that leader to be there. I, I tell my, my congregation all the time, Sundays happens because of them, mm-hmm. not me. I prepare to preach, but it happens because of them and what they do. Uh, they run the sound. They create the, the worship. They play the music. They sing. Uh, they have the teachers and the people that are there and uh, guides and directs and leads people. All I do is show up and smile. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> them that make me look good, and, and it's them, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely and and one thing that uh we we try to do whenever it comes to the just the entire atmosphere on sunday morning is we have people that are outside parking cars mm-hmm. and i tell them you are the first thing they see that's right even though they know you and they could be your best friend you never know what the night before looked like what their week looked like or five <clears> minutes <throat> before they got there <laughs> or on their way to church absolutely absolutely yeah. And uh, you, you've had those conversations yep. on the way to church with the kids screaming in the back and your wife. and your, We all get out of the car, <laughs> all smiles. smiles. Everybody thinks everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. <laughs> um, but I tell them, you know, you are the first thing they see yeah. and you are representing our church. And what our parking team, if you call them that, or uh, greeters, what they do is they do a great job of parking people with a smile, saying hello, greeting them. They're passing the baton, and it's just That's constantly right. being passed, and uh, then then I'm the last one. So I'll either drop the baton, <laughs> if I do a horrible job, and completely drop the ball, or I'll finish the race that has been started by three other relays to right. me, and I'm just one of four. They've done the majority of it. And I would say, um, you know, kind of getting into, I, I don't want to go too long tonight because once we turn these off, I'd like to talk with the outside. Daniel, Bruce, and Vicki, if they really had us here recording all night, they would not be so happy because <laughs> I could talk to you all night. But as far as ministry and being a pastor, you've been the pastor for 11 years now, 10 to 11 years? Right at 10, yeah. And so you started at Frank Clay, and now you're at United. That's correct. And you've gone through ups and downs, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, just three years, I've gone through ups and downs, so I'm oh. sure... Uh, doing it longer than what I have, it's definitely been there. But what are some of the, the joys and as far as the, not, I wouldn't say burdens, but some of the, uh, I guess I had it worded like this, what were some of the struggles and some of the greatest joys of ministry to you?
1: Uh, I'll start with the joys. Obviously, the joys are seeing people get saved, give yeah. their lives to the Lord. Uh, that is, uh, that's by far the greatest joy. Seeing people, seeing a person meet Jesus for the first time, and understanding—you know—that that that God has sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Obviously, that is the greatest. Um, But it's also it's encouraging and it's exciting to see people grow in the Lord. It's exciting to see people uh, and hear people say, "I never knew that," but it makes so much sense to me now. And things just click in their lives and and to see the Holy Spirit work in people's lives. Um, obviously, it's great to see people healed and, and to see people experience the presence of God. Um, I think it's awesome to see people experience God and experience Jesus outside of church and just be together, uh, fellowship and just being together is just really cool too. Um, so those are all the good things, and and hmm. there's many other good things. Mm-hmm. uh but there's always ups and downs to ministry. It doesn't matter, you know, what type of ministry you're in. Um, ministry you're talking about the the parking lot greeters. I mean, ministry starts there. Um, how they're ministered to there uh, is in direct, uh, has a direct effect on how they'll be ministered when they walk in the door. I mean, if they're ministered well there. Then when they walk in the door and they meet smiling faces, that you know people's gonna say, "Well, that was great out there. It's even better in here." And mm-hmm. you know, and it, it it all works together. Um, Paul said that we're a body. We all have a gift, and we all work together. And when it all works together, it's great. And sometimes we all drop the ball. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work great. And mm-hmm. um, you know, anytime you have ministry, and anytime you're doing ministry, and anytime you're working with people. Uh, I I guess I would have to say the biggest struggles is people that that hurt, you know, that are hurting. And then most of the time, hurting people hurt other people. So it's kind of a a vicious cycle. We want people that are hurting, Mm -hmm. because we have the answer. Jesus is the answer to hurting people. But when hurting people come together, they're going to hurt other people. And So it's a vicious cycle. And so people get hurt. And I'm sure you've been hurt in ministry. And people say things that hurt. But um, you have to, again, it goes back to uh, being in ministry, is I'm serving Jesus, serving people. So Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. Mm -hmm. You're going to have problems. You're going to have complications. But I've overcome the world. So I'm serving the Lord and I'm serving him and serving his people and how he wants to do so. But uh, yeah, there's been ups and downs. There's ups and downs before I was ever in pastoral ministry. Uh, just in, like I said, ministry in general. And um, I don't know, without just saying, deal with it, you <laughs> know, I get I would get hurt at work too before I yeah. was full-time pastor and I was a carpenter. I, I mean, people talked about me behind my back all the time. And mm-hmm. so...
0: Sets uh, you up nice for the job you're in now. Great training. Yeah. <laughs> great and training. It's funny that you say that because Bruce and Vicky have done our bulletins for how long now? A while now? A couple of years maybe? And you remember what's happened in the last year. And uh, we don't even have to go into that. But it doesn't matter if you're on the platform or serving in any capacity. People are going to be opinionated. That's right. And um, it's just part of it, I guess. You know, it's just it dealing is. with people. I always say that. <clears throat> The best thing of ministry is also the worst thing at times. That's people. right. That's I love right. people, but people. man, people can hurt or people can do things. So it's really important to not be discouraged and just know that people are going to, over time, do yeah. things to hurt your feelings or offend you. Uh, but do not stay in that offense. You know, get that's right. Not just get over it, but you know, through the the power of prayer and through the Spirit of God comforting you, we will be able to get over it. And you know, as far as Pastor Appreciation Month, and, and uh, I hope that people really take time this month and just maybe thank their pastor. I hope people from your church will, will thank you. I hope people from my oh, church will that. will appreciate me this month and just tell me how good I am at recording their podcast with them and not taking their basement too long. No, I'm just kidding. But I remember I was asked a question by a former pastor. It's retired now. I met him at Walmart, Random middle of the afternoon, and he asked me, I hadn't been at the church very long, and he said, hey, have you started pastoring yet? I said, well, yeah, I've been preaching there for like five or five months or so. He's like, no, I didn't ask you that. He said, I'm curious, have you started pastoring yet? He said, preaching is one thing, but pastoring is something completely different. That's right. And little did I know that I hadn't started truly pastoring yet. And it, it was... You know, it, it was something that really kind of woke me up to, okay, I need to focus more on the pastoral role because, yes, I am called to preach the Word of God, but I'm also called to shepherd the flock. That's right. And I would say that over time that gets easier to do as far as using the word no mm-hmm. and using the word yes. You know, I've always believed that the easiest word to say but is also the most difficult word to use, no. No. Mm-hmm. so easy to say, but so difficult to use. Um, what is it with you, and I won't ask you much more so we can wrap this thing up because it's going a little bit longer than usual, but I, lo- I love just talking with you. What is it that's over time helped you stay grounded? I mean, other than the Lord, of course. What are some practical steps that you have taken, uh, you and Deanna have both taken, and your kids, Tate and Trista, and just so everyone knows, they are the model family, like <laughs> they are the family you see in the picture frames, on the walls at Hobby Lobby. Uh, they are just that, and you guys are the model family for Michael and I to emulate and to follow. But what are some I'm things right. that you have taken steps you've taken over time to keep that that unit as strong as can be? Obviously, prayer,
1: <clears throat> uh, prayer and, and keeping our our eyes and our, our lives and our eyes on Jesus um but uh spending time together uh just being together uh we take we take a vacation every year uh at least a week every year and we just go and be together it doesn't matter now personally i like to go to the beach mm-hmm. uh, i think the holy spirit is calling me to the beach and so uh but i like the beach and my family likes the beach we're just beach people so we we don't fly, we drive. Mm-hmm. And we spend time in the car. We talk. Uh, we spend time um, at dinner. Is that easier with teenagers or toddlers? Oh boy, I don't know. Teenagers <laughs> whine just as much as toddlers, <laughs> I think, anymore. Uh, so, But the, the phones keep them quiet sometimes. Yeah. But we uh, we take phone breaks and phone Sabbaths too. And break the phones. And uh, No phones at the dinner table. We don't sit and sit on our phones. We sit and talk and... I want to know how their day was. I want them to know how my day was. Um, so we talk a lot. Uh, I heard somebody tell me the other day that they were uh, hoping that they could instill in their kids and and witness and to their kids and you know and I don't so much I don't so much push my kids to have a daily devotion or uh, you know, my kids do have a daily devotion, but I don't push them to do that. Uh, what I push is to spend time with them get to know them, know where they're at, know what's going on. Uh, and also for them to spend time with me. So I think that's key. goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning, which is communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to be <clears throat> communicating with my kids, my kids with me, just as much as I do my, my wife. And so we spend a lot of time together. Um, so I I enjoy that. So um, I think uh, I, this quote come to my mind just a few minutes ago when he's talking about ministry and people and uh and I th- I think I've applied this or tried to apply this quote to ministry as well as my home uh, because sometimes <clears> the <throat> the pastor's family is in the spotlight a lot and uh you know the pastor's kids seems to be in the past the ones that's always the worst kids mm-hmm. or that's what everyone says you know so those
0: deacon's kids influence deacon's, yeah.
1: the the deacon's kids yeah so um Bob Goff said, "I don't know if you know who Bob mm-hmm. Goff is, but uh, he quoted one time, and this this quote's just been stuck with me. As he said, 'You know, I used to.' He says, I used to try to change people. Now I just like being with people.' Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. I think it's a a great example of what Jesus did. Uh, he didn't always necessarily try to change people. If they come to him and asked him, he would heal them. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, there was a few times Jesus said." What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. The guy that was blind, what do you want me to do? And I'm thinking, duh, he's blind. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? But Jesus asked him, and he, Jesus was just with people. And I think that's the key to relationships is just being with people. So um, that answered your question, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking, you, you know, I guess you could sum up ministry in, in just one phrase. And I know this isn't the most eloquent answer Uh, much smarter people could word it much better but as you were talking and and just seeing ministry in my my life and in in my church that I get to pastor and I get to spend time with people and uh, see many gifts on display weekly and then just through you guys as you guys pastored us ministry is just simply people you know I I remember you telling me that a long time ago I asked you so tell me about ministry and you are just like it's all about people Right. And in order to see people change, we have to, you know, we have to get into their their lives. And that's right. I remember hearing uh, of pastors doing Bible studies with people, and they said that until you have common ground to build upon, a house cannot be formed. That's right. So until you get to know the people, you know, Paul went into these cities throughout the Book of Acts and lived with the people and, and met them right where they were. And just as Jesus did. You know, he doesn't call us to tidy up and come to him. He he says, "Hey, let me let me take come you where you, you are. are and let mm-hmm. let's do this together." Yeah. And for those who are listening to this podcast, uh you, you might be a pastor, you might be a, a a mom, you might be a dad, you might be a husband, might be a spouse, might be a coworker, might be a boss. I, I don't know what you are. But what I do know is that we are all called in individual roles with individual gifts to be ministers of the gospel. That's right. And
1: Ministry is people, yeah. and ministry is everywhere.
0: Yes. and Yeah, absolutely. And I hope, hope, hope that you, as you listen to this, you, you are reminded that whether you are locking up the door, turning off the lights, running the soundboard, hitting the next button on the slideshow, teaching in Sunday school, teaching in children's church, preparing communion, singing songs on the platform, whatever your capacity or or your calling is in that particular day or that week, view it as service to the Lord, but also service to the people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I truly believe that if it wasn't for people committed to that role, then lives could not be changed the way that they are. So I would like to kind of wrap this up by just asking you... If you've got any words of wisdom or uh, anything that you'd like to share to our listeners or or people as they, as they get into ministry, knowing that Pastor Appreciation Month is in October, but what I really want the people to know other than just hearing you and your experience is hearing that they are to be called and are held responsible and held accountable to be individual ministers of the gospel themselves. So what words of wisdom would you end on and just kind of give them to, to push forward in their ministry, whatever it looks like?
1: Well, I think, like I said a minute ago, ministry is people, like you said. It's it's people, um, and uh, ministry is everywhere. Ministry isn't just done in the church. Uh, it's done in every day of our lives, and and sometimes, um, you know, there's more ministry that can be done at our jobs and where we're at in our jobs. Um, I think I would just encourage people, uh, expect God to do something and expect ministry to happen tomorrow on your job expect ministry to happen with you wherever you're at because that's a lot of times that's where Jesus really wants to move and it's not by chance that you're where you're at it's not by chance that uh that you're in a position that you're in God's put you there he's put you there for a reason and he's put you there to be light and salt to the world Mm -hmm. and salt them let them see (laughs) your light shine bright and uh be Jesus cuz sometimes um you know I've told people many times there's lots of people that can minister to people on their jobs and where they're at that I'll never see that I'll never mm-hmm. talk to and that portion is up to them they're put there to minister and, and it it doesn't have to be you know some a lot of times people are afraid of what to say I don't know what to say I don't Just tell them who Jesus is to you. Just Mm -hmm. tell them what what Jesus has done for me. and That's the greatest story. And so I just encourage people, go, do, say. Ministry is not so much what we teach or what we preach. It's what we do. Uh, We do ministry. We uh, minister to people. Absolutely.
0: So I'll end with um, other than thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And coming out and, you know, it's always scary if you're running the sound when you have two preachers and a microphones and, and, hey, we're only recording for a few minutes. <laughs> but uh, God bless people and, and God bless the Morgan family. Yes. Um, but the question I ask people that come to our church for the first time is who who invited you or who did you come with or who, you know, brought you here? Pretty much like who brought you to this Place or how did you get here? Um, Because I want to know, you know, not that I'm taking tally of, oh, these people have invited these people and these people, but it's so encouraging to me to hear that people are going out and ministering to people in such a way that those people are drawn to say, you know what, I want to go worship there and be a part of the body there. And I get to hear it, you know, and over the last couple of years, I've gotten to hear it a lot of new people coming and coming because of these people or those people or this pe- this person or that family. And it's so encouraging to, to know because they're not coming because of me. They're coming because the people are doing That's ministry. Right. And it's so encouraging to see young people, old people, married people, single people coming because people are out there ministering to. them. And it's so so encouraging. So I'll go ahead and end it with this. If you guys have anything else, uh, I'll pass it on. But if not, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this podcast up. Again, if, if you enjoyed this, if you want more from Pastor Rob, United Assembly of God is on SoundCloud. And uh, you can also find them on Facebook as well. And if you're wanting to hear a real preacher, uh, go check out First or Assembly of, of God, United Assembly of God, uh, on SoundCloud or on Facebook. And you'll get to hear my pastor, and, and I encourage you to do that. But as we wrap this up, I also encourage you, if, if you learned a little bit or if you were encouraged, comforted, um, maybe you thought this was too long, still subscribe and share it with your friends or f- share it with your family, and maybe God will speak to them in, in a very specific way. And also, wherever you are as you listen to this podcast, I want you to know that you are valuable. And you, if you are not fulfilling your role, people may not hear the gospel, because you are the person to share it or to show it. So whether it's serving in something that you think is beneath you or something that is too big for you, just understand that the Lord, if He calls you to it, He'll will you through it, and everything will be for His name. So I want to wrap this up by saying thank you so much for tuning in. If you've listened this this far, I want to thank Pastor Rob. I want to thank Vicki for her time and her talent on the sound. And as always, God bless you, and have a wonderful month.